Parks Magic for One is a podcast for solo Walt Disney World resort travelers. We'll discuss my trips to Florida in an audio blog style, discuss solo traveler challenges, and help you prepare for your next trip to the most magical place on earth. Make sure you subscribe to Parks Magic for One and follow me on Twitter at Eric Hall WDW. Welcome to Parks Magic for One, Episode 3. Today's podcast is Post 3 of the Thanksgiving 2019 series. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Eric Hall WDW. And of course, all opinions expressed on my own in Parks Magic for One is in no way affiliated with or endorsed by the Walt Disney Company. Hi, everybody. This is Eric. Welcome back to Episode 3. This is Day 3. Uh, of the Thanksgiving 2019 trip to Walt Disney World Resort in Florida. Uh, Very excited to have you here. I hope your weekend has gone well. Uh, If you're just listening to this on Monday, I hope your lead up to the holidays has been pleasant and um, maybe you found some time to get some rest in. Uh, I'm still looking for that, but uh, hopefully in the next few days we can make that happen. Uh, I'm anxious. Today's podcast is going to be a fun one. This day and my trip was a busy one, and I really tried to um, probably do a little bit too much like we've talked about in previous podcasts. One of the things that I really need to work on uh, and continue to find ways to kind of streamline my trip um, is, is trying to fit too much in. And so that you'll, you'll hear that today as we go through and we talk about what I did. Um, and so, again, uh, either leave me some feedback um, catch me at Twitter and give me some ideas for how you, um, how you really um, do your best to not do too much. Uh, are there any particular strategies you use or any kind of tips that you, uh, that you have as you go through your days for sort of self-regulating uh, how much you're trying to fit in? So I'd appreciate any feedback, and I know other folks would too. So um, and as long as we're talking about that, thank you so much for listening. Uh, this is my first series of podcasts. Uh, I hopefully continue to improve uh, each time, and I know there are things that uh, that I'm trying to do as as I'm visiting here um, that will hopefully improve the quality of the podcast as we as we continue to go through here. But it's just fun. Uh, it's fun for me to talk about my trip. Uh, hopefully, it's fun for you to listen and maybe pick up on a, a few. Uh, a few little things here and there, a few strategies that can help you as a solo traveler in Disney World as well. So we started day three at about eight o'clock in the morning or so. My goal for today was really to do some some pretty serious park hopping and start my day at Epcot. Wanted to make my way eventually back to Hollywood Studios and then uh, wanted to at some point um, come back and uh, do some things at Epcot. I knew that, you know, this was about the halfway point in my trip. And you always start to forward think that and think, okay, well, what haven't I done? Or what do I want to do again, you know, and make sure uh, that I'm not, you know, racing to do a bunch of stuff my last day. So today was kind of the, I don't know, the beginning of the end. I hate thinking of it that way, because it's really just the second day, right? Or third day, I guess. But um, anyway, so it started about eight o'clock or so took the Skyliner over to Epcot. If you've listened to my prior episodes, you know that I was a fan of the Skyliner. Uh, went went really well, worked really well for transportation to and from Pop Century where I was staying. Uh, right at Epcot about um, 8.30 or so, so it took about 20 or 25 minutes. There was a little bit of a line this time at uh, the Caribbean Beach station for the Skyliner. And I was curious to see how long it would take because the um, the area was was filled. The, the line area was filled and they had, you know, kind of temporary ropes 
um, keeping people in line. And so it looked like it was going to take a long time. I was really probably only in line about maybe 10 minutes or so, um, which is, is really good. I mean, they, they keep people moving. Uh, and that's the nice thing about the Skyliner is that it's a continuous loading sort of thing. Um, and so I was, I was really impressed. Um, by about 8.55 or so, I was inside the park at Epcot. Um, of course, the Skyliner comes into the International Gateway, and so I entered the park through that way. Um, you can't do a whole lot before park opens that way, so they were kind of funneling people through um, through the United Kingdom, um, down through um, uh, Canada. And so we kind of stood there for a while um, and uh, eventually got inside the park. Um, they let us in somewhere around 8.55 or so. Um, so a little bit before the official scheduled park opening of nine o'clock for um, Future World. Um, the first thing I wanted to do is to uh, grab my annual pass holder magnets. Um, I know this seems like a weird thing, and for those of you who are annual pass holders, you you know. Um, for those of you who aren't, it's kind of a weird thing and almost kind of embarrassing. But these magnets that you get when you're annual pass holders, they give out at Epcot, and I think that's maybe the only place. Um, I think they kind of coincide with the festivals that are going on at the moment. And so um, Festival of the Holidays had just started today, uh, my, my third day. And so um, I wanted to, to get in line for those Festival of Holiday annual pass holder magnets. So I did that. There was a huge line. Um, I've never had a, a line like that before. Um, for waiting for my annual pass holder magnets. And so uh, it was a little bit, a little bit odd, but uh, I was really only in line for 15 or 20 minutes. Uh, and then I was able to head back into Future World and get started with my day. Um, I uh, wandered around. I just kind of uh, wanted to look at some things with Festival of the Holidays. Uh, it runs from the end of November um, through somewhere around uh, New Year's. And uh, Festival of the Holidays is a um, kind of a neat time. Uh, they have some exhibits around World Showcase where there are cast members um, usually in costume and, and go through and do some shows about um, traditions in the various countries and cultures that are represented in future or uh, show World Showcase. And so um, I wanted to do that, spend some time um, watching some of those shows, and I did. I caught the one in Norway, which is one that I particularly like. Uh, kind of funny um, and kind of kind of a light light way to start the day. Um, there were a couple others um, that I saw. There was one in I, I didn't stay for it. Um, there was one in France, I believe, that I saw that was going on. Um, and then it seems like maybe later later that morning uh, there was one in Canada that was more of a performance. I think um, there was a band there that uh, was doing some things. So anyway, I caught a couple of those. Um, and then went to um, the Art of Disney store. Uh, the Art of Disney store at Epcot is located up toward the front of the park, uh, right next to um, Spaceship Earth, um, although now it's been relocated, actually, um, and is now located back in the um, American Pavilion. And uh, that happened just a couple days ago, actually. And so uh, I went into the Art of Disney store. I'm a collector of um, one of the Disney artists. Um, his name is Eric Robison. And I have several of his um, prints and wanted to pick one up um, that had maybe a holiday feel to it. And so I went in and um, although they don't have any of his uh, work actually hanging in the Art of Disney store, uh, they do have a, uh, it's called Art on Demand. It's a kiosk that's there. It's a touch screen sort of thing. And you can go through and you can search by uh, either artist name or uh, character name or however you want to search for, for Disney art. 
Um, and he's got a lot of things there. And so I found one that was kind of a winter sort of theme. And so uh, I went ahead and purchased that. Had a very friendly cast member who helped me with that. It was a little um, little tricky when you get to the checking out part, but um, the cast member there was fantastic and walked me through it. And um, yeah, and things worked out really well. So ended up with a new picture. The other nice thing about doing that, and I know this is kind of a, a little thing, but um, especially maybe as a solo traveler, um, you know, when you leave the park, um, I, I'm not a huge one for um, for buying a lot of souvenirs along the way and taking them home with me. One of the reasons that I do this, this um, collect these uh, prints is because you can order them while you're there and then you actually schedule them to be delivered or you have them delivered uh, and so shipped to your house. And so usually about two to three weeks um, after I get back from a trip, then one of these prints will arrive. And so um, it's kind of fun, you know, you don't necessarily um, have, you know, family and that sort of thing around to, you know, kind of reminisce of, about the trip with. And so as a solo traveler, it's kind of nice to be able to schedule those things to happen when you get back. Um, it's just kind of fun to have that arrive at your door and, um, you know, a little little reminder of the trip after you've been back for a couple of weeks. Um Let's see. At that point, um, at that point, I had a couple of interesting interactions with people. Um, like I said I, in a previous uh, episode, I, I watched quite a few Disney World vlogs on YouTube uh, and follow quite a few um, YouTube channels. And uh, I actually, over the course of about twenty minutes or so, uh, was able to meet two of the people who um, who I, I follow on YouTube. Uh, and, and because it was the festival of the holidays, they were there, you know, getting some footage and taking pictures and what have you. And so it was kind of, it was kind of cool. Um, I met, um, two of them and had a, uh, nice brief conversation with them. I never want to take too much of those kind of people's times. I know they're, they're there for, for a purpose and to do a job. Um, but they were both very nice and, and, uh, very kind. And, um, I didn't do pictures or anything like that. I don't need to, need to be that much of a groupie, but, it was kind of fun uh, to be able to meet those folks um, and uh, come back and watch them on YouTube. Uh, let's see. I did a couple things. Um, it was at this point about 1020 or 1030. Uh, I did have a fast pass for Spaceship Earth. And so I used that. Um, I also went to the Epcot Experience. Um, this is uh, it's a, a new, relatively new thing. I don't know, a couple months probably. Um, and it is um, located... Uh, in uh, a building, it's right between Test Track and Mexico. It's gone through several different things. It used to be the Odyssey Restaurant and um, has been a festival center and various other things. Um, but now it's it's home to what's called the Epcot Experience. And essentially what that is, is um, Imagineers have set up several different um, kind of interactive um, areas, activities maybe, um, for um, to, to show off what's happening in Epcot over the next year or two as part of the, um, the the new projects and what have you. So one of the one of the best parts they have some some photo ops there and they have some kind of cool backgrounds and they have some photo pass um, photographers. But one of the cool things is um, it's a room and you've probably seen it on online, but it's a room probably I don't know I would say maybe thirty feet um, uh, in insert or in uh, uh, diameter. And they have a model of some of the Epcot Pavilion, Spaceship Earth in the middle, um, and then some of the other pavilions that are being reworked as part of the, the new projects. And they do um, 3D project projection mapping onto that model. And so it's very cool. Um, they go through and they talk about some of the new things, the new 
uh, Moana um, uh, interactive uh, water attraction, um, the new play pavilion that's coming into the old wonders of life, um, Guardians of the Galaxy that's coming into where Universe of Energy used to be. And so they go through each of these and there are screens all the way around you, um, except for the doorway. And they, so they project uh, things on the screens. They project things on this model in the middle of the room. It's a really cool thing to do for 10 or 15 minutes. Um, the whole loop, it just kind of keep, keeps playing all day long. And I, would, I think the whole loop I, I heard was maybe like 12 or 13 minutes. Um, so it doesn't take forever to, to get through. But it was kind of fun to stand there, and uh, especially if it's warmer outside, a nice place to cool off and what have you. Uh, I did lose a pair of sunglasses there. Uh, so... You know, if anybody happened to be there around that time and saw some black sunglasses, let me know. Probably not. I get it. Um, let's see. After the Epcot experience, uh, I started to um, make my way back into World Showcase. Um, went to uh, the Mexico Pavilion at 11 o'clock. I had a, an advanced dining reservation for San Angel Inn at... Um, uh, I think it was at noon, maybe, or 11.45 or something like that. Uh, and so I checked in about 11.20, wandered around the pavilion. I love the Mexico Pavilion. Uh, I just, I think it's so well done, and it really transports you. Uh, when you walk inside with the, you know, the, the center area there kind of being a market kind of place, um, with the restaurant, with the, um, the uh, temple in the background and the sky painted on the ceiling. It's just a very, very cool space. And I love the, the theming and, and what Disney has done in there. And so I wandered around for quite a while before my table was ready for lunch and then went in and, um, and had a, a fantastic lunch. There are, so, so here's a, not so much a solo dining tip, but just dining, dining in general. There are really mixed reviews for the San Angel Inn. And I think some of the negative reviews come from people who are expecting it to be, mm, I don't want to say like, like authentic, you know, like you would maybe find in, in, you know, your hometown kind of, kind of Mexican restaurant. Um, it's, it's certainly, it's not like fast food Mexican, right? But um, it's not, it's kind of a mix between like Tex-Mex and, and authentic Mexican. So I can see where people go in sort of expecting one thing and getting another it's also rather expensive. I think for some of the restaurants in um, World Showcase, it's maybe a little bit um, overpriced for what you get. But portions are, are decent sized. Um, you do, I believe, get chips and salsa uh, to start off with. I ordered some guacamole along with it this time. Uh, and then I had the uh, mole poblano, which is a, a fantastic dish. Um, comes with tortillas. It's chicken with some mole sauce and uh, what have you. And so it was, it was a great meal. Um, I did use my single uh, single traveler dining tip and ask to be up against one of the walls. And I did end up kind of close to uh, where the the boat ride, um, the uh, uh, the boat ride there comes past uh, the restaurant. And so uh, it was a nice view and and what have you, kind of out of the way. So. Uh, again, don't be afraid to to ask for that. I always have fantastic service there too. Um, I think it's one of the best um, restaurants as far as service in Epcot uh, goes, and and I've always had very friendly um, cast members for uh, waiters and waitresses. So definitely recommend. Uh, again, it's not for everybody, but um, I love it. I I would eat there every time, and I probably do now that I say that. 
uh, let's see. I at that point it was um, probably finished with with lunch uh, somewhere around um, twelve fifteen, twelve thirty. Uh, I think my reservation was was a little bit earlier, eleven thirty or eleven forty five maybe. Um, anyway, by about one o'clock or so, I was ready to head back to Pop Century uh, and just kind of hang out for a little while. And so I did that. Um, took the Skyliner back and uh, uh, was at Pop Century for a while. Um, somewhere around 3 o'clock or so, then, uh, took the Skyliner over to Hollywood Studios. Um, this was really not meant to, to be a, a hardcore Hollywood Studios time. I just wanted to go over. Uh, I really like just wandering around Hollywood Studios. Of all of the parks, uh, I think that's probably one of, uh, or the favorite of mine that's in terms of theming, I think they've done a really good job to to kind of transport you into different places and you know sort of the nostalgic movies feel, but also obviously Toy Story Land is really well themed, um, Galaxy's Edge is really well themed, and so um, I just wanted to go back. Um, there were a couple of souvenirs specifically that I was looking for, and so um, wanted to just kind of wander around Hollywood Studios for a little while. So I did that. Um, I don't even know that I, I went on any attractions when I was there. Um, it was more just a, a walk around and kind of shop sort of afternoon. I also feel like Hollywood Studios is a, an, a really nice place for a solo traveler just to spend some time. It's one of the places where, you know, you don't, I mean, obviously there are going to be families there, but it's not like you're walking around Fantasyland in the Magic Kingdom or um, you know, someplace like that where, um, it's, you know, it's all families and kind of themed toward kids and what have you. I figure, I feel like Hollywood Studios is probably uh, maybe the most adult park. Some people would say Epcot is too. Eh, it's probably a toss up. But I do feel like Hollywood Studios has a, a fairly adult kind of vibe to it. And so as a solo traveler, I always feel very comfortable walking around there by myself. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't feel you know out of place or what have you. And so, I really enjoy my time there. Um, somewhere around, oh gosh, it was about 5.45 or so then, took the Skyliner um, actually over to Epcot. This was the first time I had gone from um, Hollywood Studios to Epcot or vice versa using the Skyliner. And so um, at this point, about 5.45, um, I wanted to head back over to Epcot and uh, spend some time there in the evening. I really like parks in the evening, like I've mentioned previously, and so wanted to spend some time at Epcot in the evening. I uh, got over there probably around um, probably around 6.15 or so. It takes about half hour or 35 minutes via the Skyliner to get from one park to another, and that's not a very busy time of day either. Um, uh, I wandered around World Showcase for a while, um, ate dinner at um, the Lotus Blossom Cafe, which is in the China Pavilion. Um, this was not a good dining experience, and and let me, I'll, I'll talk about it, and then we can sort of think about what the difference is between a place like this and some of the places that I've I've eaten that we've talked about in these episodes. So, Lotus Blossom is a um, counter service um, Chinese restaurant. And the food that they serve is your pretty typical fast food Chinese food. So they have like orange chicken and um, uh, like a Mongolian beef, I think. And they have egg rolls and crab rangoon and what have you. So it's pretty, it's pretty traditional um, fast food Chinese kind of stuff. So, and I had never eaten there before. It sounded kind of good. And so I thought, okay, we'll give it a shot. Um, I ordered um, the seating. Seating is not solo traveler friendly. 
Um, there are no um, two tops, so there are no tables with just two chairs. Um, I, I looked, there are not. Um, there are either four tops, so a table with four chairs, or most of the seating is actually at these long benches, almost like a, um, like a picnic table kind of thing. And um, by the time I had ordered, got my food, um, it, was, it was picking up. There were, there were quite a few people there. And so I wandered around, realized that there wasn't going to be a, a table for, you know, with just two chairs, so I wasn't taking up a lot of space or whatever. Um, there weren't even any, any tables with chairs available. And so I ended up, and, and this is like clashing of everything that's, that's bad for me in dining by myself, right? So I ended up at these picnic tables. There were three other people sitting at one end, um, and you could probably comfortably fit three on a side, three adults on a side, I would guess. And so there were three people at one end of this, and then I went down to the, the other end. And there are several of these kind of out in the middle of the restaurant. Um, and so I was at a table with people I didn't know, which, you know, okay, I can, I can be nice. That's not a big deal. Um, it was out in the middle of the restaurant, which, as you know, if you've been listening, is not one of my favorite places to be. Um, and right next door was a, um, a large family, um, had, had several small children who, you know, had a hard time, you know, eating by themselves and that kind of thing. Um, they ended up having, uh, bringing some high chairs over and, uh, they were on the end of the table. And so almost kind of like right up to where I was sitting. Uh, I don't, I don't have a problem with high chairs or families eating or anything like that. Uh, I'm just saying it was a little close for comfort. And of course they had strollers and what have you. And so they they were just taking up a lot of space in this relatively small restaurant where there wasn't a lot of space to be taken. And so I, I sat down, um, I thought, okay, I'm going to get this, you know, over with as quickly as I can here. Um, and so, so I started eating and of course at that point, um, there's no place else to sit. And so these two, um, two women with two little kids come up, um, to the opposite side, to the side opposite where I'm sitting of this picnic table and say, is anybody sitting here? And I'm thinking, um, well, no, <laughs> Uh, but so, you know, now I've still got the three people down at the other end. Now I'm going to have these people sitting right across from me. Um, and, and, and so they did, they sat down and, and the kids were very well behaved. Um, but you know, it was, it was two moms with, I think two or three kids. And so they were having to manage food and strollers and bags and what have you. And it was just, it was more than I wanted to handle, um, as I was sitting there eating dinner. And so, um, I quickly finished up. Um, at the same time, there was an argument that was taking, this was just a disaster. There was an argument taking place um, about 10 or 15 feet from me. Um, somebody was saving a table. Somebody was yelling at them that you can't save a table. It was just like a, a perfect storm of badness. And so I, uh, yeah, I finished my orange chicken and, and got out of there. Um, not that I won't, won't ever go back. They do have some outside seating and that kind of thing. So I don't know. There are a lot of other places that I would rather go. My go-to, actually, now that I mention that, my go-to for um, counter service in World Showcase is actually um, the uh, uh, Katsura Grill, which is the counter service in Japan. I really like it. Um, it's fairly basic, but I think it has really good flavor. Um, they do some different kinds of teriyaki stuff, and 
um, I always have really good um, service there and, and very good experiences. So uh, note to self, I will go back uh, to Katsura Grill before I go back to the Lotus Blossom Cafe. Um, let's see. So at that point, I just wanted to hang out for a while in Epcot. Um, saw another one of the uh, YouTubers that I, I follow, which was kind of fun. Um, around 7 o'clock or so, I had a, a fast pass for the land. Uh, as you know, I love the land, and so I went back and rode that. Uh, I wanted to do it at night because they did have a um, holiday overlay this time, and so they had uh, lights up, and they had snowmen, and they had all sorts of kind of cool stuff um, as you go through. Plus, the land is really fun to ride in the evening anyway. So I rode that and uh, then went over to Finding Nemo and uh, rode that, and then just continued to wander around a little bit. As I've mentioned before, and I'm sure if you keep up on Disney World at all, you know that there's a lot of construction happening at Epcot right now, a lot of construction walls around, and so it takes away from a little bit of the you know the visual appeal and landscaping and that kind of thing that you've got at, at Epcot, but uh, it was still fun to, to walk around. Did a little bit of shopping, went over to Mouse Gear. Uh, I can always kill quite a bit of time in, in that store and did do some um, souvenir shopping there. And then I, I decided somewhere around 8 or 8.30 that I was just ready to be done for the day. I've said before that I'm kind of a night person, and I usually am. I think just when your days are so full of um, you know activity and what have you that it just uh, it, it wears on you a little bit more than I think you expect it to. And so um, I really did want to stick around and, and watch um, Epcot Forever, the new nighttime show, but I just couldn't. And so um, went ahead, hopped back on the Skyliner, um, and went back to Pop Century, and got there somewhere around eight forty-five or, or um, nine o'clock that evening. Um, there were a couple of uh, a couple of things happening online that I wanted to catch too, um, uh, some some shows that were going on, and so it was a good night just to kind of relax and uh, and be there and, and think about what I wanted to do for my final day, uh, which would be. Um, uh, it would be Saturday and be day four of my trip. So uh, that was what I did for the rest of the evening. And let's talk for just a second about um, resort choice or hotel choice um, with as a solo traveler. Uh, I have stayed in a lot of different places um, by myself and with other with other people. Uh, I've stayed on site. I've stayed off site. Um, I've stayed at every level of uh, resort as far as uh, value, moderate, and deluxe. One of the things that I will say, um, as a solo traveler, you know, you do spend quite a bit of time out of your room, I think. So I always caution people on spending, you know, a whole lot of money on a room when you're really not going to be there very much. But one of the things as a solo traveler that it's kind of nice to have is a place to to be or to hang out, um, I think in the evenings especially. One of the things that Value Resorts, um, you know, the All-Stars, Pop Century, Art of Animation, they don't have is that kind of space. Um, they don't have typical, or they don't have, um, except for pool bars, they don't have a, a bar, they don't really have a, you know, a nice um, sit-down restaurant that kind of thing where you could just go in and, and hang out for a while, um, have some drinks, have appetizers, that kind of stuff. Um, at a place like Pop Century, if you want to hang out, you're either hanging out in the food court or you're hanging out by the pool. Those are really your two choices. 
And so uh, from that standpoint, you know, you go back to your resort like I did on this particular day at about 8.30 or 9, and you're really limited to your room. I mean, you know, you can walk around, I guess. Um, again, you can go down to the pool bar, but I don't know. I, so my point here being is that if you do want to kind of schedule your days so that you're done around that time, you know, around kind of 8.30, 9, 10 o'clock, but you don't feel like you just want to go back to your hotel room and go to bed at that point, um, you might want to think about a moderate uh, or a deluxe resort just because of the amenities that they have. Um, tomorrow uh, on this trip, um, I go to uh, the Animal Kingdom Lodge for dinner. And one of the best parts about that is the lounge that they have right adjacent with uh, the restaurant um, that I'm going to go to. And so uh, sitting in that lounge for a while, I'm like, you know, this would be really nice to have back at back at the hotel just to be able to hang out. So it's something to, to think about. You know, I don't know that you can justify spending, you know, three to four times what you would in a value resort, um, you know, to stay at a deluxe resort just because of those kind of amenities. Um, most moderate resorts, I think, do have a, a fairly decent um, kind of lounge bar area. And so, you know, for maybe two or three times what you would pay at Pop Century, you could upgrade to a moderate, uh, you know, French Quarter or uh, um, I know um, Coronado Springs has a nice uh, little bar area next to their um, food court. So, you know, there are some other options at those moderate and deluxe resorts for that kind of thing. Um, so that's something to think about. I think a lot of times you know, when you're traveling with a group or you're traveling with family and, and you're staying in the same room, it's not a huge deal to go back in the evening because you have you have people to interact with and you have things to talk about and um, you know you've got kids to take care of and you know whatever. Um, when you're traveling alone, you you don't have that, and so you know it's just kind of nice to be in a place where there are things going on and, and there's an atmosphere um, outside of just hanging out in your um, your room. So that's my two cents worth about where to stay. This will come up in a future episode um, after we get through this Thanksgiving 2019 trip. I'm going to do a, a couple different series of podcasts before my next trip, um, and those will um, have to do with kind of some some general Disney World solo traveler planning uh, kinds of things. And we will talk a little bit more about where to stay and what some of the different resorts have specifically for uh, the solo traveler in mind. So stay tuned for those. Those will come up probably um, starting early to mid-January, which would be just uh, in about a week or so. So anyway, uh, I think that's where we're going to end for today. Again, this was day three, so we've got day four, and then uh, day five is our travel day. Um, and so day four is really, really a day to, to kind of um, catch up on some things. Uh, I'll spend some time at Animal Kingdom uh, in the morning. I'll spend some time back at Hollywood Studios again. Um, back at Disney Springs and then uh, a really nice, really nice dinner to kind of wrap up the trip as well. As I said at the beginning, thank you so much for listening. Uh, this is a very new way to communicate about Disney World for me. I hope you're enjoying things. Like I said, I'm working every time to get better at things and get better at telling stories and what have you. And so it's really been an interesting journey for me as well. Remember to subscribe to Parks Magic for One. Uh, you can find me now on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. 
Thank you so much for listening today. Our next podcast will air this coming Thursday. This is Eric Hall. Take care and go make some magic for yourself. <laughs>